Lord be with you. Welcome today, this morning slash almost about to be afternoon, this windy, fine day. Uh, it is good to see all of you. I've been gone for two weeks, uh, so I've missed a few. I had a mission trip with youth to East Tennessee to Appalachia, and then I had oral surgery last week. Uh, but I am back, and so it is glad to be back with you all. Our first reading this morning, give maybe some larger context, comes from Leviticus chapter 8, verses 9 through 12. And he set the turban on his head, and the turban in front. He set the golden ornament, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. He sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all its utensils and the basin and its base to consecrate them. He poured some of the oil on the head of Aaron and anointed him to consecrate him. The word of the Lord. And we're going to sing, um, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? A great old spiritual. And you, you can stand uh, as you're able to.
Uh, seems to be making a reference there to what may have been the church's earliest creed, confession, faith statement, declaration. Summary of what is most important to us. Jesus is Lord. I wonder even if it wasn't used as identification. Are you saved? Jesus is Lord. Are you a Christian? Jesus is Lord. If you will, as a shibboleth, an external sign of the invisible relationship. I think it's very likely it was used in that way. But it also goes greatly beyond just a statement of what we believe and 
an identifier of who the speaker is. We don't necessarily hear it that way. But in the first century, there was another phrase that would have been known culturally to the citizens of the Roman Empire. And there would have been someone else who is Lord, namely Caesar. We two Roman Empire citizens, we might greet each other, and in a statement of blessing or good cheer, Caesar is Lord. And for those first Christians in the first decades and years of the faith, to say Jesus is Lord also meant to say Caesar is not. Nothing else that claims power is. Nothing else that I might make my ultimate good or drive or end is Lord, but Jesus. That statement comes with great significant force and power. Simple, short though it may be, Jesus is Lord. One of the ways that we further signify the lordship of someone is by ornamentation. I read the passage from Leviticus to at least let us hear as Moses was making special and sacred the worship space of Israel in the wilderness. To signify the specialness of Aaron as high priest, he places a crown upon his head. We too, by our statement, Jesus is Lord, are with our words placing a crown on the head of Jesus. But of course, there is a rub. I was a bit curious. Does Jesus ever in Scripture show up with the kind of crown that we would like to place on his head? The closest I got was Revelation 14, 14. For I saw one sitting on a cloud like the Son of Man, and on his head was a crown, and in his hand was a sharp sickle. But is John referring to the Son of Man? Is that like really there in the Greek? I read the larger context, and in the next paragraph... John says, and then another angel came out. And then at the next paragraph, and then another angel came out. I think even that reference in Revelation isn't a reference to Jesus. And we can't latch on to that crown hoping 
that that just might be what's in our hands when we say Jesus is Lord. We're ultimately left with but one. If we are going to declare the lordship, the kingship, the sovereignty of Jesus, we do so with the crown in our hands that really, at the end of the day, isn't made of anything but thorns. What we bring to the table, our sin, our brokenness, our failures to hit the mark, and anything we do to consecrate Christ, to try to anoint Christ, ultimately comes with thorns. As we approach Palm Sunday and Holy Week, as we make our movements towards the cross and Good Friday, may we not hear this story from Mark or even the same story as Luke and Matthew tell it. May we hear that story not as something we can differentiate from ourselves. Those soldiers did X. I did not. But rather see yourself with the soldiers. We have joined in with the laying on of the crown of thorns. Our own sin has place, pain on the head of our Savior. And without a desire to rush too quickly to the good news, let's leave it with this. God is also big enough to take it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, CJ. Most of you know this song. I ask you to stand as we sing.
remain standing and have a short benediction and then I'll have a blessing on our meal. Lord, we thank you for this day. We're grateful, Lord, for the message that you've uh, allowed us to hear today. Remind us, Lord, that we too are among the guilty when it comes to uh, the passion of Jesus. It was our sin that helped put him there uh, and we're so grateful for grace and we're grateful for victory. And as we prepare to go into Holy Week next week, we pray that you'd help us to reflect on those things uh, for our own lives and for our own sake. We thank you for this time that we can gather together to worship you. And we pray your blessing on the food now and upon the fellowship around these tables. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.